0: Welcome to the All Things Performance Podcast, where our goal is to stay hungry, to get better, and to move the meter. My name is Josiah Igano, and whether you're looking to improve physically, to get fed spiritually, or to challenge yourself mentally, we're digging deep to find those gems, and we're going to find them. Let's go. Let's, let's, Let's go. Hope everybody's doing well. I believe that today's conversation is one that you will thoroughly enjoy. Lauren Hooks is originally from Southern California by way of Phoenix, Arizona and her extensive experience as an athlete at the club level and also as a coach at the elite level has definitely informed her purview with the clients that she works with today. She is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Arizona, uh, having earned her master's in professional counseling and her bachelor's in human and family development, in which she's going to talk about more today. She's been practicing for nine years and she has dealt with all kinds of stuff. Let me just say that. I mean, you're talking about Addiction, domestic violence, trauma, abuse, PTSD, homelessness, all kinds of things that she has seen in her practice. And our conversation is action packed. We talk about a lot of complex things in a candid manner. Uh, We talk about why trust is so hard to build, right? Regardless of what dynamic we're talking about, family dynamic, work dynamic, We also talk about the importance of having professionals in your corner. Why should I talk to a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a pastor, a counselor? Why is it important to have an outside view? We also talk about what she personally witnesses in over 80% of her caseload. It's crazy. It's 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 eye-opening. We talk about compartmentalization. We talk about current events and much more. And so without further ado, let's get right into today's conversation. All right hope everybody's doing well i am joined today with a great guest lauren hooks of get to the root counseling she hails from california by way of phoenix arizona <laughs> lauren how are you doing today
1: i'm doing well doing well thank you
0: man we're we're, we're so glad that you're here to join us and share uh, your wisdom as it relates to your profession counseling uh, you're op- you're obviously a licensed counselor here uh, in the state of arizona and <clears throat> real quick before we start are there any things that have been you know hot on your mind in terms of what's going on in society things that you're seeing a lot of uh things that just are resonating with you right now
1: yeah man you know i well, obviously the pandemic is huge right and it's been going on for a long time um but i think what we've realized in the midst of that is that uh people struggle with mental health more than they realize and when you are stuck and isolated, it's it's affecting you. And I think I mentioned this to you the other day that what I more recently I really noticed and found um, really man it breaks my heart is that it's affecting our teenagers more than you'd ever know the young adult population. Yeah. And so I you know that has I've seen that in my practice and picking that up and just. You know high school college that that life those couple of years that are transformative uh have not been the same the way you and i may have experienced it before, prior to the pandemic and so it's hitting them pretty hard too and so i've just seen a lot of that lately come through um my doors
0: yeah that's interesting that you mentioned that, and i, I want to definitely earmark that and go back to that later in the podcast yeah. because it yeah the pandemic has has obviously done a lot in terms of causing us to transition causing us to become aware of different things that have created a groundswell, you know, in our society, your, the name of your company is called get to the root counseling. Talk to us about why you chose that name, what Mm -hmm. that name means to you.
1: Yeah, 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 man. I'll tell you. So, you know, it's always been a dream of mine to have my private practice, never knew when it was going to start. Um, I was really content where I was at and, uh, but there was a probably November of 2020, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, like God kind of put that on my heart and so I didn't have any intention I wrote it down, I had a scripture um, and I jotted it down and um, uh, and when I really think about that when I think about uh, my approach to counseling and why I do what I do to me, it is about getting to the room. I think that you can come in and I can listen to you all day and you pay me and we'll be great. But if I don't help you pull up some of these roots that are causing you to could do the same thing over and over and over, you're going to keep bumping your head, right? And so for me, um, I think it's about finding the root healing the root pulling that up and then learning how not to fall back into the same habits and patterns and so i feel like it's a it's a core of the way i think and function and practice but i also feel like it's god given so i think it's a little bit of both
0: <clears throat> i love it i love it and it's i love how you said you wrote it down you didn't really think anything of it but then mm-hmm. all of a sudden here you are helping all these people today um yeah. <clears throat> when you look at when you look at any profession right whether you're talking about a counselor whether you're talking about a coach a teacher a chef mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there's always these norms there mm-hmm. are there's there's a certain way of doing things right like oh this is the way it's done these are the the best practices yeah but then yeah, yeah. But, but then we come in and we say you know what i don't really like that or you know that doesn't yeah. really apply to this demographic or that's a mm-hmm. little dated you know what have been some of those things that maybe you've seen in your profession or things that you definitely want to see change in the way that you care for people or uh, other professionals are caring for people
1: yeah man that's good yeah you know um well <laughs> really kind of i think more one of the obvious things is which is incredible is what we're doing right now right mm-hmm. we're videoing and and in my mind i never would have thought that uh doing counseling over a video screen would have been personable enough to make an impact and i think again with the pandemic you've seen that skyrocket. And it's amazed to me, actually, I think you may find more people will get into counseling that may have been against it because they feel comfortable in their home versus yes. in an office with a stranger, right? And so just being able to reach and touch more people has been amazing to me to see and be able to do. Um, but I, you know, to me, I, my biggest thing is that if I'm gonna make an impact with somebody, I need them to feel comfortable um, and I need to meet them right where they're at. And, and um, I think sometimes, counselors are humans we're people right Mm -hmm. and so our own stuff gets in the way and i think a lot of times that can get in the way of people's experiences in therapy and so if i have my own biases am i bringing that in and then causing Mm -hmm. people to have bad experiences that um will taint them in therapy for the rest of their life and they won't come back and don't get help and so i just i think um making sure that therapists take care of themselves and we don't project our own stuff into that so that people can have positive experiences. I think therapy is great for any and everybody. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking about? Um, just preconceived notions out there yeah. about it. And so I, my my hope is that if that continues to be broken and that I can be a part of that and um, just making people feel comfortable and getting what they need when they come and seek out help.
0: <clears throat> I love that. I, lo- I love what you said about Counselors, people that are listening to this, the athletes that are listening to this, the audience who is listening today, I really want you to hear what she just said because we were we were talking about this yesterday with a with a pastor okay. that we had on the podcast. You are human too. You come in right. with certain biases. Um yeah. One of one of our our guests yesterday was saying that the church that he pastors at the pastors they actually get, they pay them, they give them a stipend or a per diem, whatever, to get mental health treatment, to get counseling and therapy mm. for themselves, yeah. because they're Love dealing it. with a lot of stuff. And so that actually leads into my next question for you, Lauren, is that, you know, <clears throat> many people just don't trust counselors, yeah. right? When you start yeah. talking about athletes, the, the, the line share, of the population that we serve, they don't trust counselors, they don't trust the psychologist, the psychiatrist, the EAP, the shrinks, whatever you yeah, want to yeah, call yeah. them. You know they don't trust them and so I have a two-part question for you and the first part is why why is mm. it why is it that they don't trust why mm. is it there's a reason why many don't trust these individuals and number two mm. why is it important in your opinion to have a counselor a pastor a psychologist a performance coach in your corner
1: mm, yeah man uh, trust is tough no matter where you're at right not to mention with a stranger mm-hmm. not to mention with a stranger who you're gonna Expect it to be really vulnerable and tell all your life secrets and your stuff. You've never told anybody before, right? Um, uh, I think I uh, I think, yeah, trust is one of the most difficult thing in relationships to maintain, and so why should I do it with a stranger? I also think that, I also think the stigma is that counselors probably are somewhat of an authority figure, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I'm telling you all my stuff, you kind of have some power over me, which is, yeah. is is true, right? There is an, there's they talk about an ethics, like there's this power dynamic yeah. the therapist and your client that you've got to be mindful of. And mm-hmm. so that's my biggest thing. I always say to every single person I talk to, like, hey, I know that not every therapist is, is for every person and not every person's for every therapist and i'm good with that like that's okay and so my biggest thing is that every time you walk out of my office you feel good Mm -hmm. we're just chatting we're talking this is just this is time for you just to get your stuff out and if i can help you along the way great um and so yeah that without trust without rapport therapy doesn't work well i don't believe um and and to your second part like why is that necessary right Mm -hmm. um you know i just um I just did like a midpoint review with one of my clients the other day, and done great on their goals, made great progress, and, and um, you know, she says, you know, but I still want this, I really still need kind of this neutral point of view in my life. I've got mm-hmm. everybody, and I kind of know what these people are going to say, and I know what these people are going to say, but I want someone who's not attached, who doesn't know me, doesn't know the people in my world, yes. um, to be able to speak into my life, and I think there is something to that, right? Right. Um, I think there is something to just having an external space that I can trust and feel safe enough to mm-hmm. talk to, um, but can also speak into my life and give me expertise that nobody else may give me or from a viewpoint that they won't give to me.
0: Yeah, that, that's really good. That's really good. I mean, you said a, a couple things there that are powerful. Number one, the thing that stuck out to me, one of the things that stuck out to me is that, you know, you are vulnerable. You are in an, a, a space where, uh. You don't know if people are going to use things against you. One of yeah. my mentors told me a long time ago. He said that the biggest thing that people need, it doesn't matter if you're young, old, an athlete, a chef, a teacher, a lawyer, people always run to two things, psychological safety and mm-hmm. love. If they mm-hmm. feel safe and if mm-hmm. they feel love, they will run there. Uh, yeah. And so you hit it on the head when you start talking about trust. Trust is hard trust takes time trust is you know is it it, it's a process for a lot of people um and then you also said that hey sometimes i just need a neutral viewpoint to step outside i deal with a lot of athletes right now who they don't trust the teams that they're working on they you know they're they're working for they need an outside voice right so i think that there's something powerful to that and i hope that people listening to this uh you know pick up on that that it is important to get an outside view an outside lens if you will um in terms of in terms of i I, there's so much that i have so when you start looking at mental health right that is a term that has been thrown around a lot Mm -hmm. lately whether you're talking about antonio brown ben simmons simone biles like oh mental health oh she she has mental health Oh, he, he has mental health, like, like people were just misusing that term. And we had, uh, uh Dr. Don Brown on and she, she was amazing, uh, love in, it. in her response. And I would love to hear from you in terms of your, your purview, your opinion on mental health right now in the media, how it's being misused and abused from your lens, from your seat, from your practice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, the first thing I think about is that mental health and mental illness are two different things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of times it gets kind of lump summed into this big giant thing that we call mental health. And so mental illness can fall under the mental health category, but we all struggle with mental health or we're either struggling with it, we're maintaining it, or we're excelling in it, right? And so Mm -hmm. there's this spectrum that we live in. Um, Mental illness, not everybody has. And, and I, there's more of a stigma around that, right? That's, I have an actual diagnosis and I'm navigating mm-hmm. that. Um, I may take medication, I may not. Um, and so I think that those are two things that just get overlapped and, and not understood. And I think that's not done well right now in the media mm-hmm. and social media in the world. Um, but then the other side of that is that, yeah, people deal with life. You talk about athletes, right? Where, you know, AB and all that stuff mm-hmm. that's out there. Yeah, like we've got life. And so what we also don't understand is people have experienced trauma and trauma makes you function a certain way when it's untreated. And so um, I think that people have just thrown that out there, not understanding the context. There's so much context and layers that come with that. Mm-hmm. We think about our mental health and how do we navigate that and what we're doing. Um, and sometimes I think it's just easy to throw that on there and say people are, you know, crazy. I hate the word crazy, but that's, yeah, what, that's yeah. what's thrown out there. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're cra- he's crazy, whatever. And 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 just put him in a box and not really understand the context of what he's dealing with or what what may look a little different to you may be normal to me and that's okay, right? And and normalizing that not everyone handles life the same, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean they're in a terrible space. You know, maybe they need a little bit of help, but um, it's that judging the book by its cover, I think, kind of a Mm -hmm. deal that happens oftentimes. Um, Yeah. I don't know if
0: I answered that question. No, you did. No, you did. You did. It, it, it is. Just, I mean, you, you, your answer was identical to the one that we 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 just heard on a previous podcast, and yeah. and I love that there's congruence, uh, the, there's congruency in the field because it's 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 so important, and I hope that people are listening to this. It's like you you said it right. We hear that word all the time. Oh, he, I had a player one time. He told me he goes Josiah. He goes I never used to trust psychologists because back yeah. in my country. He goes, those were for the crazy people. And we always use that word. I've used it before. I'm like, that dude crazy, man. She crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a word of convenience that we use, right? Like, that dude is crazy. He just took his shirt off and is, you know, hyping up the crowd, like, during a game. Like, (laughs) he's crazy. She's crazy. Right? Um, I want to go off-road for a second, Um, you know, because this is something that I believe is near and dear to your heart, and this is something that's come up a lot when it comes to identity, right? Purpose, Mm. identity, who am I? You said something a few minutes ago that I wanna hit on. People love putting other people in a box. Mm-hmm. She looks like this, he looks like that, he acts like this, she reacts like that, right? Mm-hmm. And one of those mm-hmm. things that has been a touchstone, uh, a pain point for many people has been this issue of race, right, of identity, yes. like, like, uh, who am I? How do I belong? How do I fit in? Do I pass? Am I dark enough? Am I too dark? Mm-hmm. Am I white enough? Am I too white? And one of the things yeah. that has happened, you know, in our society is there's this thing with race, right? Um, and there's been a, there, there was a, uh, a coach that was just hired, uh, mm-hmm. for the Miami Dolphins and every, we're in the middle of hiring season, right? With the NFL. And there's been this, this, uh, groundswell reaction. Hey, how, how come black coaches haven't been hired? And then, um, McDaniel, I believe his last name is comes onto the scene. He doesn't necessarily look black, but mm-hmm. his father is black. Right. Mm-hmm. And they are crucifying this dude on twitter you know what i'm saying like yo man this dude is you know he he, he's 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 not he's passing he's this he's that he can't identify Mm -hmm. he's saying his mom dealt with racism and she's white his dad's black you know and there's this huge thing right and what i want for you as a mental health professional my children are mixed Right, my yeah. children are mixed race. My children don't have anything from Nigerian to white to Iroquois. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's those are my kids, and yeah. I know, and I know that you have your uh, personal story and background. Why? Let me ask you. Let me ask it this way: Why is it so important for us to celebrate culture, celebrate mm. backgrounds, um, and what are some of the things that we should keep in mind when it comes to? categorizing people. Yeah. I know it's yeah. loaded. It's man. <laughs> it's heavy.
1: It's heavy. But it's real. And 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 I'll tell you, I tell you. you know, again, going back to, you know, my name is get to the root counting, right? So I do it without even thinking, but I'm I'm a family systems therapist. I, mm-hmm. I wanna know about the family, the systems of where you come from. And so I will tell you I, I don't even know how many people on my current caseload, just my current caseload, mm-hmm. you go back to the root of where you come from and, and why you've functioned the way you function today. And it's the core of it is gonna be identity and how I value myself. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, um, race and culture. Uh, and 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 societal view of how people have viewed me based on that is probably uh, I don't know, I'm not good with percentages. I'm gonna say 80%, eighty percent, eighty, eighty five percent, something like that of my caseload. And so, yeah, i uh, I know my own personal experience, so I'm biracial as well and mm. and I know what it was like for me to even figure out because people you walk out and they see your exterior and they mm-hmm. judge immediately based off of that, right? know nothing about you and so then internally you're going to begin to function that way too unless someone is teaching you otherwise Mm. like you're saying to celebrate culture to celebrate Mm -hmm. the differences to to do that from young right and and that just becomes the norm versus the norm being that you're supposed to be in a box you know when you take your standardized test i remember at one point there was no other there was no mix (laughs) there was no none of that right it was like you had to pick that was so crucial for me i had to pick one and i was like I don't know. Yeah. And so rather than that being the norm of, I've got to be in a box and fit the box, like let's get rid of that. And it Mm -hmm. just flows and everything matters and values. And if I don't understand it, let me ask about it, right? Mm -hmm. Versus just kind of, being in the space of ignorance, and when I think of ignorance, I think of lack of knowledge, right? Yeah. Or lack of understanding. Um, and so, you know, you, you look at even our youth today with all of the increased uh, just suicidal ideations and thoughts and self-harming mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, it goes back to the space of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that word identity is so, that's complex in itself, you know, when you break that down as well. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, there's so much I feel like that could go on for a long oh, time. We are we are
0: uh. <laughs> I, we, we have to have you on for another podcast because this is a big topic. Man. Um, uh, I was sitting down with uh, Renee uh, Bahati Klug uh, who she specializes in cultural intelligence yeah. and and you know, we had this great discussion about. You know, even the, the use of the word colorblind, that's a misnomer. That's yeah. not a thing, you know, yeah, yeah. it's not. Because the fact that you can see me means mm-hmm. that you're not colorblind. You know what I'm saying? That's that's right. Like, that's like right. I can see my color, like, you know what I mean? Like right. So, so so, we are going to def, we have to do a follow-up on that because that is another uh, topic that I think, as you said, I think the most powerful thing, one of the most powerful things that you just said right now is that this needs to start from youth mm-hmm. and they... Meaning individuals, kids, youth need to be taught along the way. And this goes hand in hand with the name of your company, Get to the Root like we have to get to the root and so i absolutely love that in in terms of the next question i have for you so once again this is josiah igano of the all things performance podcast joined uh, with lauren hooks here today uh, just talking about all things uh, counseling performance identity uh, and within her practice and her purview so thank you for joining us again uh my next question is what are you seeing right now in terms of some of the differences right i know that we've come out of we're still actually in a, in a pandemic you have yep. political and social you know issues um you have all of these different things that th- our country our world is dealing with within these last three years yeah. uh what are some of the big things that you've seen as it relates to males and females uh mm, okay. as it, as it relates to uh this time in human history
1: yeah um you know i, I definitely uh, Gosh, a lot of depression. I think people that probably never even thought they were struggling with that have struggled with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, increase in anxiety and social anxiety, right? Especially as people start to enter back into trying to, you know, come outside of the house. What does that look like? And and that has been a stressor for a lot of people. Um, a lot of work burnout, a lot of mm-hmm. job dissatisfaction, I think. Uh, and what I've heard, too, is just the companies kind of are are not communicating, not keeping up, not mm-hmm. taking care of their people, not providing enough um, opportunities for self-care. And so everybody is just, uh, they don't wanna be there, right? And yeah. so I think the, the job market space has is, is been an interesting space. And then just a lot of relationship uh, struggle within the family and or you know um, friendships, whatever that looks like. But again, I think because there's been this huge space of disconnection in so many ways, Um, whether it's in the home or outside of the home through over the past couple of years i think it's causing a lot of big strain on relationships and how do i function and Mm -hmm. what does this look like and you know how do we navigate that so those are probably the top top three if i were to just shoot off the top of my head
0: have you seen any differences within like how males have responded how females Mm -hmm. have responded youth Mm -hmm. i know that one of the studies that came out uh, during the pandemic, it, it was one with introverts, extroverts, and how extroverts mm. really suffered, uh, yeah. and introverts actually flourished. A lot of them flourished. Have you seen yeah. any differences between the two genders, or uh, what have you? What have you seen in yeah. that regard?
1: That's an incredible point. Yeah, it was probably a couple of weeks ago. I thought about that uh, after a meeting with a client. I thought about. I I really felt for the extroverts in the world because. Yeah. It has been a struggle, you know, and I think also what I, you know, I had a couple, uh, the other day that I was talking to and, uh, and now, you know, they thought they were like, I had no problem being social prior to, but now I have no desire to even go out. And so am I really <laughs> an extrovert? What is this, you know? And so there's this confusion space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I like being in the house. And yeah. so just, I think it's also in that sense, created this space for really some self-awareness and reflection and really mm-hmm. who am I and what do I really like? And was I doing this for other people? Was I doing it because it really filled me up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, men and women, I I'll tell you, you know, so in all honesty, I really private practice Practice-wise, I really I didn't open my doors until May of 2021, and so prior to that, I was in residential treatment. But mm-hmm. from that, what I've seen, um, I have been amazed and actually blessed because I really have a special heart in my in my a special place in my heart for men and mental health. Um, and I have um, I have had an, a decent amount of men reach out and say, Hey, this is the first time I'm doing this, but I okay. need to I need to do this um uh you know I've, I've same thing i've heard i've been I, I haven't wanted to do i haven't wanted to do this it's been you know therapy hasn't been for me um but i don't know what else to do right now mm-hmm. i need somebody to talk to right and so i have been amazed and blessed just by them and and their vulnerability and space of yeah man i think i might be struggling with depression or i don't know what mm-hmm. this looks like and, and it's just the, the heaviness of the responsibility that they carry um so that has that has been a great experience for me um to to be a part of as well as i mentioned to you the youth i think has been really heavy as well and just the space of how how many of our youth are actually thinking about killing themselves on a regular basis
0: that's crazy it's crazy Mm -hmm. i mean you know when you start talking about men and mental health i think traditionally yeah i mean we are the harbingers of responsibility um we have to keep it all you know Buttoned up, you know, yep. keep your head up, keep it all suppressed, um yeah. and just march ahead. You know what I'm saying? Don't show no emotions, don't show that you're you're soft, you know what I'm saying? Oh, right you're soft, you're soft, you
1: know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah.
0: And we're starting to see a lot of athletes come out and say, nah, man, like, I'm not good right now. Yes. And and, you know, and everybody has their own opinions. I'd like for you to speak on because one of the things I'm passionate about is compartmentalization okay. and how the, how that's not a thing that's not a mm-hmm. long term that's not a long-term uh, road for success mm. short term, yeah, you know what I'm saying I can compartmentalize and shut it all off and hit these free throws send a game into overtime and win the game go to playoffs well, you know what I'm saying yeah you know yeah, yeah. but in terms of long term, I'd love for you to talk about how what your thoughts are. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on compartmentalization because a lot of athletes they do that and they think that they're good.
1: Yeah, man, that's great. You know, I think there's, I think there are, uh, uh, I think there can be benefits to that, just like you talked about with the free throw and right, get me through. So mm-hmm. they're surviving, right? We got There's got to be moments where we have to go in, do the job, get it done, and then you know, um, come back out. The hard part is if I if I become an expert at compartmentalizing, I don't even know how to turn it off. Um I become so good mm. at it that I don't even realize that I'm doing what I'm doing because this is how I survive and this is how I become the best at whatever it is that I'm doing. Um and so what I also know is that we all have limits, right? Like I always think of it like, you know, like a boiling pot of water eventually it's gonna it's there's a point where it's going to overflow mm-hmm. um and it's going to ooze out into the other areas of my life and so um i may be aware that it's oozing out and i may not depending on my my crew and my accountability circle and what mm-hmm. that looks like um but yeah i think at some point your your boxes of compartmentalizing are going to overflow um and they're going to start to affect the rest of the other areas of your life um, Uh, negatively Mm -hmm. right and so um, I think it's about when I turn the switch off I get home and do I process what's in that box and have I processed what's in this box and Mm -hmm. this box and do you know do are they all are my boxes doing okay if I'm going to function that way
0: you Mm know man it's crazy you (laughs) you said you you said almost the exact same thing uh, as Dr. Brown said the other day you said it, it's like the same it's like the same I'm talking to the same person
1: That's too and, funny
0: and and you know you said we get we 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 in essence these athletes they learn how to do it it's like yeah. you don't know how to turn it off I, I become i become really good at compartmentalization you know what i'm saying All right here we go uh so i think we were talking about uh compartmentalization and one yeah. of the things that uh, both you and Dr. Brown said was that athletes athletes at a young age, rather, they get really used to and, uh, accustomed to practicing how to compartmentalize. And like you said, they have a hard time shutting it off. And so I just think that that's really powerful, um, you know, when it, when it, when it relates to hitting the reset button, because life Mm -hmm. can get chaotic. what are some of the best practices that you would recommend for us uh, in terms of winding down in terms of hitting a reset button it are there any routines that you do that you have um, suggested or prescribed for people how can we hit the reset button at the end of the day
1: yeah yeah you know i think um, you said routine right i think routines are huge and important i think even if it's five minutes something that you consistently do every morning consistently do every night right Life's going to happen, and I get that. And so, what can I commit to? And that's what I always I talk to my clients about. Like, what is realistic for me to actually commit to every morning based on what my life has mm-hmm. going on that every day? Um, and, you know, so if, whether it's a meditation whether it's a, a a motivational video whether it's journaling whether it's a reading whether it's just quiet time in prayer or whether whatever that looks like right some quiet relaxing music be intentional about what you feed yourself right when you mm-hmm. wake up right a lot of us like to hit the social media button and and then you start going down this rabbit trail or you check your text messages and you got 2100 messages or whatever <laughs> so spend some some time for you not the world but you to be intentional setting your day but then also again we talk about term switching that off at the end of your day, right? I talk to my clients about, like, how do you transition from work to home? Do you Mm -hmm. even transition, right? Do you process and, and what do you do on your drive home? What do you do when you get home to be intentional about, um, Realizing what you went through for that day, depending on what you do, whether you're an athlete, you you know, uh, you're a coach, you're a business person, whatever you do, a lot happens in your day, whether you realize mm-hmm. it or not. And oftentimes we just go 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 and we go to sleep and then we we wake up the next morning frustrated and we don't know why. Um, so be intentional with that. Journaling is great um, if you can get to that. Um, talking talking it out if you just need to talk mm-hmm. it out, right? Whatever that looks like, but find what works for you because every journaling can be great for me and you may hate it and that's okay so i think it's also important to find what works for you and a lot of times i say it's some trial and error you might have to run through a couple of things first to figure Mm. out okay this is my thing painting is my thing you know coloring is my thing going for a walk outside with a dog is my thing sitting by the lake is my thing but you Mm got to find your thing um, and be consistent with it whatever that is for you, um, you know, again your introverts are going to want to be by themselves your extroverts may want need to go out for dinner tonight and have mm-hmm. some time with some people because that's going to recharge me whatever mm-hmm. that is but be consistent with it and try to incorporate it daily.
0: That's good that's good and so what I'm hearing is find something you know whether it's through trial and error find something be consistent and make time for you. you have to yeah. make time for you. Um, right. because if you don't I mean those inputs are always gonna affect those outputs and if you're not putting anything in it's just it's, it's just gonna be the world life the cares of this world it's just all bad
1: catches up with you yeah Yeah. so
0: mm-hmm. that's awesome so somebody might be listening to the today and say man I ain't trying to see no therapist man I'm not trying to go to no counselor life coach you know what I'm saying yeah. like but they know that they need help they know <laughs> that they might need as you alluded to earlier that neutral ear that outside ear because i don't trust y'all i don't trust you i don't trust you right and so what would what advice would you give to somebody who's not necessarily ready willing able mm-hmm. to see someone like you like what what should they do
1: yeah, yeah. Um, again, we go back to trust, right? I think it's about finding a space that can be safe for you, even if it's just you and your notebook, right? Oh, uh, yes. Creating an outlet in some form or fashion. And, and, and again, we got technology, right? So you got a notepad on your phone. Let that be your notebook if you don't want to write, you know, uh, the old, old school way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but find an outlet, find a safe space for you. Um, so that it's not just you in your head and you're stuck in your thoughts because that can be a dangerous place Um, and and it can be a lonely place. I think when we talk about vulnerability, the reason why vulnerability is so important is because uh, we were created for connection Mm -hmm. and and I I believe that real authentic connection comes when we're vulnerable Uh, and so I think it's just about not being afraid to ask for help. Asking for help is a vulnerable space, you know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And so even if you don't go talk to a professional find some outlet read find a book that really you know hits home for you because sometimes that can be enough to get your wheels spinning and and make you think a little differently find find a speaker that you really you know um have connected to some podcasts like this Mm -hmm. is a great outlet i think Mm -hmm. for people just to listen i had again a client the other day that said man i found this podcast that really has motivated me to do better because i can relate to the people that i'm listening to Mm -hmm. whatever that is so connection Um, an outlet uh, in some form or fashion and creating a safe space, even if my safe space is by a lake with a book and a notepad. But I have that to come to uh, because holding on to it is only going to get me deeper into the hole that I'm falling into.
0: You know, that's good. That's good. This has been tremendous. Um, One of the things that I would love for you to share with us right now is some encouragement. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. What you have a room full of high performers and they're Mm. listening to you speak today Mm. what is some final words what are some final words rather uh and some encouragement that you would give to the room and this is just from your head from your heart from your practice what you've seen your life experience where we are right now in the world how would you encourage us today
1: yeah well i would say uh whatever you were created to do, whatever it is that you're doing today in your life is important and it matters. Um, uh, And for me, it's about, you know, if you can impact one life, then to me, that's enough. And so I'm sure that many of everyone listening uh, is impacting more than one life. And so if we to continue to do that and fulfill the purpose we've got to continue to impact our life and take care of us and ourselves and so making sure that you fill up your own cup before you you fill up others uh, otherwise you're going to run dry and you won't be able yeah. to fulfill the purpose right and so to maintain that purpose and fulfill that we got to take care of us first
0: awesome awesome this has been tremendous lauren thank you so much for your time yeah. uh yeah. where where can we find you and follow you online
1: yeah okay so i have uh, an instagram and facebook uh, so, those are Get to the Root Counseling, both on that. Um, I've got uh, some information on psychology today as well uh, for that. And then my website is Get the Number Two. So, Get to the Root Counseling with the number two right there in the front yes. are all spaces you can find me.
0: Awesome! Awesome! Thank you so much for joining us. This has been tremendous. I can't wait to go back and listen to it because there were a lot of nuggets there. And man, we got to get you back on you know another one because we just this is just surface. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Part two, absolutely. I'm here for it.
0: Part two. All right. God bless (laughs) you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks,
1: Josiah.
0: All right. Bye. All right. If you like the idea of more people hearing this podcast, please take a moment to rate and review us. Because in doing so, you actually put all things performance in front of more ears and in front of more eyeballs. And people will actually know that we exist. So uh, we'd love if you did that. Uh, You can follow all things performance on Facebook, Instagram, and all of the social media channels. Until next time, God bless you. Take care of yourself. And we'll talk to you soon.